Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Okay. Ephesians 4.11. And He, meaning Jesus, gave Himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And there's a lot of Christians today who have only seen pastors. That's all they've ever been exposed to, is pastors. But the Bible says that there is a five-fold ministry. And we can't define the parameters of any other local. There's 1,700 churches in the greater Kansas City area. And each pastor is leading as God directs him. But at the Life Church, we want to be exposed to, we want to be equipped by, and we want to see the fivefold ministry. Look at verse 12. The purpose of the fivefold ministry is to equip the saints. So give them the tools, give them the information, give them the impartation, give them the opportunity and the release to do the work of the ministry. And I'm going to tell you that the ministry, the work of the ministry, by the way, you may be seated. I'm already teaching. The work of the ministry is to serve the body of Christ within the congregation, and it's also to serve the community. The work of the ministry is to serve the community. We're lousy Christians if we are not serving our community somehow, some way. And you are gifted, you are positioned somewhere where you live, your neighborhood, where you work, to find a way to serve. Now, I have to tell you what happened to me. So I attended the funeral of a colleague in Moberly, Missouri, Brother uh, Garvey, Vernon Garvey, McGarvey, Vernon McGarvey. It's been about 12 years ago. And I was so impressed at his funeral because it appeared to me, I didn't know everyone there, but it appeared to me about 300 people at the service about half of them were from his local church and about half of them were from the community. And when I drove home, I said to myself, if I died today, would one person, I hope a few church people would show up at my funeral, but <laughs> would one person from the community miss me? Or ever notice that I was gone? That's a good question for all of us. It's sort of a morbid thought, but who would come to my funeral? Who would show up to celebrate my life? And it convicted me. And I thought, what can I do to serve my community? And so I marched into the highway patrol 
Missouri State Highway Patrol, Lee Summit has a headquarters, uh, yeah, Troop A headquarters, right there at 50 Highway and 291 North. And I applied to become a chaplain. I thought, you know, I can, this is something I can do. I'll still be in my place, my ministry, my pastoral gift, and I can serve the community, serve the troopers. And so we've been doing that. Uh, at least that's one thing that we're doing. So uh, the fivefold ministry job is to inspire, inform, equip the saints for them to do the work of their ministry in the body of Christ and then in the community. And the end of it all is to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ to fulfill his mission to go make disciples of all nations and baptize. And uh, I hope that we will be baptizing today. If we don't, it will be unusual at the Life Church if someone is not baptized on a Sunday. Are you thankful for that? Amen. So look at verse 13. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Uh, the fivefold ministry, one of their jobs is to unite us, bring unity and harmony. And unity doesn't necessarily mean uniformity. You know, you're my brother, but you're not my twin. Thank God for you and me. <laughs> Life would be pretty boring if everybody was just like me. Although the world would probably be a better place if everybody started driving like me at least. But uh, that's another subject. So, the fivefold ministry unites the church with the ultimate goal of becoming like Jesus Christ. Don't miss the goal of it all. The goal of it all is to reflect Jesus, to become Jesus. You say, can we become Jesus? Yes. Where did, you, where did I get that? Jesus. The things that I'm doing, you're going to do, and greater things. And then one of his disciples, John, said in his epistle, as Christ is, so are we in this world. The greatest compliment anyone could ever give you is not, boy, I like your new... $35 haircut. Nobody ever tells Glenn that. <laughs> he gets a lot of other compliments for a lot of things, but that wouldn't be one of them. Amen. Sorry, Glenn. <laughs> I'm in a really good mood this morning. I'm always in a good mood. Uh, but the greatest compliment anyone could ever give you is, you know, I just saw Jesus right there. Your attitude, your spirit, your actions, it reminded me of Jesus. When I'm around you, I want to be closer to Jesus. I want to be more like him. That's how powerful Christianity is when it's manifested in each of us. Verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, 
the trickery of men, the cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting. So God gives us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to protect us from false doctrine. We all know Christians that have gone off the path. We all know believers who went in a wrong direction. Why? Because they weren't equipped. And they were not under spiritual authority. Spiritual authority is not a power trip for the fivefold ministry. It's a protection for all of us. I want to be protected. And there's battles I don't ever want to fight. I pray all the time, God, blind and bind my enemies. Bind them and blind them. I don't, I don't want distractions. I got enough battles on my hands. And the fivefold ministry protects us. Then speak the truth, 15, speaking the truth in love. Everybody say, speak the truth in love. That means don't go around blowing people up. Well, by God, I told them the truth. Yeah, well, you were a jerk while you were doing it. Speak the truth in love. It doesn't help anybody if it's not with love. And grow up. Turn to somebody and say, grow up. Boy, that felt good. That was a therapeutic moment right there. Grow up <laughs> in all things into him who is the head, Jesus Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So within the body of Christ is everything we need to be healthy, to be well, to not be dysfunctional, but to be functional as a body to be fully operational. We don't want deformities in the body of Christ. I'm not talking about none of us are perfect. I get that. That's, that's not the point of this. But to be mature, to be a fully mature body of Christ, local congregation, reflecting Christ under his lordship, under the authority of the fivefold ministry, being equipped to serve in the congregation and the community. And so uh, I want to talk about teachers in the church. And I want to say that every one of us are called to teach. Now, we may not all be gifted teachers. But every one of you are called by God to teach. Let me demonstrate this in the scripture. So we just saw that within the fivefold ministry are called and gifted teachers. And we're saying that apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, this was mentioned at the, at, during the conference this week, and I thought it was a great statement. I think it was made by... Uh, Doug Kleindienst, but all fivefold ministry teach. They all teach, even though one of them is called teacher. And I'll explain that in a minute, okay? They all teach. 
but they are not the only teachers, okay? They are not the only teachers. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, starting with verse 3. This passage is what we call spiritual gifts, okay? Not to be confused with the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are in 1 Corinthians chapters 12 and 14. You know, prophecy and tongues and interpretation and, and the gift of faith and the working of miracles and discerning of spirits and so on. Okay, those are the gifts of the Spirit. These seven gifts are spiritual gifts. Everybody say spiritual gifts. All right, verse 3. For of Romans 12, for I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think. There's a really good biblical phrase right there. Don't think any more highly of yourself than you ought to, but think soberly. As God has dealt to every one of us a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. So here they are. Prophecy. Verse 7. Ministry or we would say serving. It's another word for serving, server. Someone that has helps and they want to serve. They just, they're available. Let us use it to serve. Then notice teacher. Verse 8, exhorter. That's my gift. Exhorter. I've talked about exhorter, but um, exhorters. They're ready to go right now. What's holding up the delay? Exhorters are always ready with a message from God, but they have to get a verse to make it legal. I got a verse. Okay, I can go preach now. <laughs> Teachers hate that. Teachers and exhorters, they, they don't always get along. Teachers want the verse. They want the context. You know, they, and uh, that's, I'm doing better trying. But anyway, exhorters, we need exhorters. We need somebody in the room to say, let's go. We'll figure it out later. You know, they're ready to charge hell with a squirt gun right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, verse, continuing verse 8, givers who give with liberality. Leaders, that would, the King James says, administration. Um, yeah, I think administration. And then those that have compassion or mercy. All right, so we have the fivefold ministry. And one of the gifts in the fivefold ministry is teacher. And we're saying that the fivefold ministry are the called preachers, the called preachers, those, the spiritual leadership gifts of the church. So we're saying that. Everyone has a gift, and everyone has a place to serve. But God does separate 
in the church, the fivefold ministry who have spiritual authority to lead the church. However, there are more teachers in the church than just the fivefold ministry teachers. And this is where spiritual gifts, God has wired some of you. God has wired you to be a teacher. So let me walk you through what it looks like and feels like to be a teacher. This will be some of you. It won't be all of you. It's not me, okay? But I was raised in the home of a teacher. My father was a five-fold ministry teacher. He was very good. He was a communicator. And he was famous for illustrated sermons. You know, teachers connect. And teachers communicate. And Professor Norris, our fivefold ministry teacher at our conference, said, if the teacher, if the student is not learning, the teacher is not teaching. Teachers don't get up and say, well, <laughs> I got these suckers for the next 45 minutes, and by God, I'm going to just, I, I'm loaded, the wagon's loaded, and they're going to sit there and listen to my lecture, and then I'm just going to walk off and go to lunch. Eh, that's not a teacher. That's an egocentric something. Teachers want somebody to learn. So teachers like to study. They love to study. You put a teacher in a library with a cup of coffee and nobody else in the room, and they're happy. They're energized. Like, I'd be going crazy. Five minutes. I'm like, where's the action? <laughs> uh, but teachers love to study, and then they love to share what they've learned. They, they want to take it somewhere. They want to, their wagon's loaded. They want to unload it for somebody. And then they like to see the light come on. They want to connect. Dr. Norris said, you've got the attention span of the generation Z's is 10 minutes. I've already lost some of you. So I'm thinking of a joke I can tell here to get that emotional connection here in just a minute. Uh, and so they, then they love to share what they've learned, and then they love to see the light come on. But that's not all. Then they love to see their student put into practice, put into action what they just taught them, what they've learned. Go do it. Where do we get that? Jesus. He was the ultimate teacher. In fact, if you were to synthesize the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and boil down 90%, how Jesus spent 90% of his time. By the way, he was apostle, he was prophet, he was evangelist, he was pastor, he was teacher, he was the fivefold ministry. Therefore, if we don't see the fivefold ministry, we will not see a fully funded and orbed imagery of Jesus Christ. We can't see all of Jesus there is to see unless we see all of the fivefold ministry. Woo! Wow. I never heard anybody say that till I said it at the conference. 
I really felt like God spoke to me about that. I've never seen it before. Maybe I am a teacher. And I saw lights turn on. And, and so teachers like Jesus say, look, this is the classroom. And I taught you how to use your faith and how to pray over the sick. Now go do it. And teachers are like clapping and cheering. Jesus sends out the 70 in Luke chapter 10. And go try this, guys. This is like the experimental dry run for the church. And and he says, go tread on scorpions and serpents. Cast out devils. Send out your peace. If If they don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet and keep moving. But if the son of peace receive you, he said, stay there. That's disciple-making language. Teach them. Hang out with them. Share with them what I've shared with you. Pastor Justin says in Matthew 9, 9, when Jesus said, follow me, that's the rabbi Talmudine relationship, the rabbi-disciple relationship. He's not just saying, you know, hang out with me and see cool stuff and eat free food. He's saying, do what I do. Say what I say. Be what I am. Act like me. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Anybody still here? Okay, there you are. (laughs) Turn to somebody and say, be like Jesus. (laughs) So teachers, they love to see the light turn on, and then they clap and cheer. Go do it. You're doing it. You watched me do it. Now you're doing it. Now you're doing it better than I ever did it. That's, that's the spirit of Christ. Jesus didn't say to his 12 disciples, now do a few things, but don't break any of my records. Now do a few things, but when I come back, I want to see my trophies in the trophy case. Don't take my trophies down. No, no, no. He didn't say, now go do this, but I'm going to guard my territory, protect my turf, and Don't get too high and mighty about this. No, no, no. He said, you're going to do greater things. Come on, let's stop protecting turf. Let's let's stop being territorial. Let's start grooming the next generation. Let's make room, amen, for, for, for the next generation that's coming up. Amen. So, fivefold ministry teachers, then there are teachers in the church who are gifted by God. To teach. That's what Paul says in Romans. And I've described some of you here. However, don't sit there and say, well, that's not me. I'm like pastor. I'm an exhorter. I can sure tell people what to do, but I don't like to read and study and, and all of that. So, all right. You may not be a gifted teacher, but you don't get a pass. Look at Hebrews 5. 12. Everybody say, uh oh. <laughs> Look at what Hebrews says. By this time, you ought to be teachers. Is he writing this just to the teachers? No. This is to the church. This is to the believers. 
By this time, what time? For the length of time you've been in the church. For the length of time you've been saved, justified, sanctified, and petrified. You should be what? You should be teachers. And you've heard me say this before, but I'm going to say it again. Anytime you read the word teach or teachers in the New Testament, you can replace it with make disciples and not injure the text at all. In fact, the King James, Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said, go teach all nations. The new King James says, go make disciples of all nations. I'm teaching now. I'm sort of proud of myself. I'm really not a gifted teacher, but I'm teaching. It's what we do. And so for the length of time you've been in the church, can I unpack this a little bit? How many more sermons do you need? How many more Sunday school classes do you need? How many more five-fold ministry conferences do you need? For the length of time you've been in the church, you've been in the body of Christ, you should be teaching. So this implies that there are members of the church that the book of Hebrews is written to, to the Jewish believers in the church. You should be teaching. You saw Jesus. You saw how he did business. Where is the disconnect? Are you just happy to... Come to church twice a week, pay your tithes and sing in the choir? Or are you teaching? So we're all called to be teachers. And can I share a secret with you? The shortest path to spiritual maturity. And we're happy that you come to church and we're happy that you're in the choir and the praise team and the usher team and, and the teaching team and the Christian ed and youth and ladies and men's ministry and celebrate recovery and thank God for all of these things. But the shortest path to spiritual maturity is to turn around and start telling your story to someone else. And put it in a biblical gospel context. Here's what Jesus did for me because I obeyed Jesus. Here's what Jesus did for me because I obeyed the word of God. Well, what did you obey? Well, I repented of my sins and I was baptized. And here I, here's why I was baptized. For the remission of my sins. Here's how it works. The blood is not applied. You, you know, you teach them. We can teach, we've taught you and we will teach you again how to teach the word of God. And so the shortest path to spiritual maturity is to teach others. Why? Because it'll make you study. It'll make you want to know what you're talking about. Don't just say, well, come to church and hear my pastor. Well, that's nice. But that's not the direction that Jesus, he didn't say go invite people to church. He said, go make disciples. That means go serve in the community. 
Go build relationships with lost people. Go build relationships with, can I use the Bible language? Sinners. We're all sinners. But for the grace of God. That's the shortest path to spiritual maturity. He said, you should be teaching. But because you're not teaching. Look at this. Now you need somebody to disciple you again. The first principles of the oracles of God. And because you're not teaching anyone. You have not developed spiritual maturity. And now you have to go back to the milk. And you can't handle solid food. It's the, you know, the language of, uh, a, from a baby to an adolescent to an adult. And uh, is there, <laughs> it's pretty easy to understand, isn't it? And so the quickest path to spiritual maturity is to be teaching someone else. So the fivefold ministry has teachers, and they all teach. And spiritual gift, some people are spiritually gifted. They're wired. They're born. This doesn't happen. You don't become an exhorter when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You're born an exhorter. It's how, it's how God created you. Then when God saves you, it just gets even better. There are all of these things not in the church. Exhorters, teachers, people that have mercy and compassion. Right? We all know people like this. And so we are wired, but then when God saves us, then he wants to use how, we're, how he built us to reach the world with the gospel. And then, according to Hebrews 5, we have fivefold ministry teachers, we have spiritually gifted teachers, and we're all called to teach. We're all called to teach. Turn to somebody and say, you're called to teach. I had someone, a young father in our congregation years ago. He said, Pastor, when, when am I going to have time to go make disciples? I work 70 hours a week. I got four kids. Uh, I'm involved in ministries at the church. I said, well, first of all, thank you for the question. Secondly, nobody gets a pass. I, I, I don't have authority to say, well, okay, you don't have to go do what Jesus told you to do. I'm, I'm canceling out Jesus right here. I said, but the most important disciples you will ever make eat Cheerios at your breakfast table every morning. So start there. Don't just educate and feed and clothe and house your kids. Don't just bring home the bacon and say, well, I did my job. No, you be intentional. Make disciples. Disciple your children. And that's where discipleship starts. It starts in the home. Um, it's interesting that when you think about the impact of a teacher, how many of you can still say a name of one of your grade school teachers? 
I can, I can name every single one of my teachers. The only ones I don't remember are my kindergarten teachers, and I had two of them because we moved during Christmas time, Christmas vacation. I went to Linwood Elementary and then Sheridan Elementary, and I don't remember, but first grade, Miss Finnegan, second grade, Mrs. Green, she was a battle axe. Third grade, Miss Johnson, I was in love with her. She wasn't married. Miss Johnson. Fourth grade, Mrs. Smith. Fifth grade, Mrs. Balkan. Sixth grade, Mr. Dana. Mr. Dana was awesome. Because he got in recess, he came out and played football with us. That's why he was the best teacher I ever had. We've all been impacted by a teacher. And we don't always remember what teachers said, but we remember how teachers made us feel. We don't always remember what people say to us, but teachers have mastered the art of helping their students to feel validated, affirmed, Celebrated. And who am I going to teach? Just look around. Who am I going to disciple? Look around. There will be, if there's going to be between four and five hundred worshipers in this house today, there's going to be 40 people here today that need you to teach them. Well, we've got all these classes. No. Walk across the aisle and meet somebody. (laughs) Get somebody's phone number. Meet somebody for coffee. Uh, He's not here yet today. He'll be here later, I think. But there's a 30-something young man. Started coming to church. He's in a crisis in his life. None of you invited him to coffee, so I did. See, I don't just talk about making disciples. I make disciples. Look around. There's kids here without dads, without moms, without good adult examples and models. There's single parents here with children. And the body of Christ is supposed to supply the lacking part. Are you just going to come to church for the rest of your life and not engage anybody and not not teach someone? Well, I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to be mature. I'm not sure if I know enough. (laughs) The less you know, the better you are. (laughs) Now, <laughs> oh, that's, that's a very irresponsible statement for me to make. <laughs> I don't really mean that, but it's statistically a fact that the longer we are in a church, the less effective we become in impacting other people. Not always true across the board, but generally. Unless we change our lifestyle. 
and our expectation of ourselves and start being intentional about serving others. Um, five more minutes. We are never more like Jesus than we are when we are teaching. We're never more like Jesus than we are when we are, what? Teaching. Get rid of this imagery that teachers have long pieces of chalk in one hand and an eraser in the other. That's a good image. I like that image. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about sitting down at a coffee shop with a Bible, telling your story, sharing your faith, helping somebody through a crisis. You know why the young man's coming to church that, that I just spoke of a minute ago? He's in a crisis. That's when people turn to Christ. That's when they're open. That's when they're listening. When they've messed up their life or their life got messed up, that's when they're prime candidates to become students. Because the old saying says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. John Ortberg presented a way in which to perhaps at least begin to measure the impact of a teacher. Here's what he said. Let's pretend for a moment that 2,000 years ago you were a gambler. Who would you put your money on to still have an enterprise 2,000 years later? Either the powerful Roman Empire or a nondescript Jewish rabbi from Nazareth. He said, it's interesting that all these years later, we're still naming our kids Matthew, James, Sarah, and Mary, and our dogs Nero and Caesar. If you'd have bet on the Roman Empire, you'd have lost the bet. Why did Jesus' enterprise remain? He was a teacher. What if Jesus never taught anybody? What if he just swashbuckled into Capernaum and did miracles and wowed everybody and, you know, went to the Mount of the Beatitudes and fed everybody fish and chips? Everybody went home, man, that was awesome. What if he never taught anybody? What if he never trained anybody? What if he never shared his life with anybody? What shape would the church be in if all Jesus did was get up on Sunday and preach great sermons? We wouldn't have the church today. Jesus was a teacher. He made disciples. He trained. He invested his life. He hung out. In John 17, the priestly prayer, he said, Father, I still have the ones you gave me because I was with them. Man, the Holy Ghost just fell on me. 
I was with them. I walked away from multitudes so I could teach, so I could invest, so I could share my revelation. I could share my life. And how good of a job did Jesus do? Acts 4.13. A few months later, probably, maybe a year later, I don't know, after the church was born, Peter and John heal the lame man. They don't get celebrated for it. They get persecuted for it. And the Bible said, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and took knowledge, they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They took knowledge of them that they had been with who? Jesus. Caiaphas said, didn't we kill Jesus? Yes, we did. Well, that was a mistake because there was one of him. Now there's two more just like him. <laughs> they talk like him. They act like him. They're doing what he did. What were we thinking? We just had one Jesus. Now we got Peter and John to contend with. And I'm telling you, this world deserves to see the full orb powerful imagery of Jesus Christ and he embodied the spirit of a teacher. Let's stand. Let's stand. Would you lift your hands and open your mouth and say, Lord, help me to be more like you. Help me to be more like you, Lord. I identify, I recognize that I'm called to teach. I'm called to make disciples. I'm called to share my life. I may not be in the fivefold ministry. I may not even be a skilled or trained or equipped teacher. But there's somebody, Lord, that I can share my life with. I can share my life with. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, receive the word of the Lord right now. Receive it. Receive it. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.